that always makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little woo. I love it. It keeps it gets me in the right frame of mind for a for a chat. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, it's Luke here from uh, Aussie Craft Distillers shooting the shit. Uh, I'm solo because everybody else has piped on me, uh, except for our guest of honour, uh, David from the Black Dog Institute. How you doing, Dave? Very well, thanks, Luke. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have to carry the load of of, of your other uh, co-host not making it. Look, they um they they don't do a lot. They don't contribute a lot. <laughs> um, they're not even really a pretty face or two. So I think we're better off without them, to be honest. Um, all the real work is done by those with, with decent facial hair. Such as I you don't know if I can count myself as that, but I will take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, thank you very much for joining It's a good us. opportunity to talk. Indeed, indeed. Now, generally, we'll go around, uh, we'll start the uh, our chat by going around the room and saying, what are you drinking? Uh, but you're technically on the clock, so... Uh, I'll say what I'm drinking. Uh, I am uh, having a, a little tipple of one of my favourite distilleries down uh, down south there, uh, King Lake. I uh, haven't actually had this one before, and I'm quite enjoying it. I don't know what it's called. I can't read it. My eyes are not working this hour, um, but it's lovely jubbly. Uh, how's your water? My water's fantastic. I'd love to be having a drink, but yeah, on on work time at the moment, so a, a sneaky water for me. So I think why we wanted to get you on and and have a chat about have, have a chat with Black Dog Institute rather than uh, our normal programming, which is um, talking to distillers, is well, I guess mental health from from my observation is is not really talked about enough. Um, some people think it's talk to death. Uh, personally, I think that we need to have more conversations and facilitate more support and training around it. So that's why we, we wanted to really get you on board. And I, I thank you for making the time and, and yeah, putting in the, uh, the extra work hours uh, to come in and have a chat with us. Um, can you give us a bit of a rundown on, on who Black Dog is and, and, and what do you do? How do you fit in? Okay. Absolutely. Well, I guess the key thing with Black Dog is we're a medical research institute um, focusing on mental health across the lifespan. So we're not just looking at people who are who are dealing with symptoms or, or diagnosed with mental ill health, but also, um, you know, looking in that preventative space as well. So we're a not for profit. Our sole focus is improving the mental health and well-being of, of all Australians uh, and me and, and my team, I guess. Uh, we look after workplace mental health. So working with organisations to help them roll out strategies to better improve, um, I guess, the mental health of their business, uh, themselves as managers or leaders and and their staff as well. Hmm. Have you seen, um, I know that um, the last few years have been, let's say, shit uh, from Fair to say, yeah. different <laughs> perspectives. Um how have you seen uh, how have you seen businesses change and evolve in their handling of mental health and their and and what they're coming to you for since COVID, for example? Look, one of the as you as you say, it has been a tough time for for businesses and the general public um, over the last few years. One of the silver linings through COVID is we started to see an increase in that dialogue around mental health and mental well-being. It became a conversation that was, uh, I guess, more so the norm. Uh, and with organisations, we saw them sort of reaching out to want to do more for their staff, uh, which is really important. Um, organisations, look, obviously, it's great to want to look out for your staff, and that's really important from the people side of things. But organisations do also have a legal obligation um, to look out for their, their staff's mental health and well-being. Um, okay. I think organisations are very well aware that they have, you know, uh, a legal obligation for physical safety, but your mm. your Fair Work Act, Discrimination Disability Act, Workplace Health and Hate, sorry, Workplace uh, Health and Safety Act, they all cover uh, mental wellbeing as well. 
Uh, right. And all the states now are putting some legislation in place or codes of practice in place around psychosocial risk hazards. So there's the people side of things that's important. There's also your your legal side of things. And also from a business perspective, you want your employees to be, to be engaged, to be productive. Um, you want to attract and retain the best employees and you want to improve your bottom line. And mm. um, I guess mental health or mental ill health uh, cost businesses across Australia around $16.6 billion a year uh, in terms of that's just absenteeism and presenteeism. Mm. Um, so absenteeism, wow. obviously people... People yep. not coming into work, but presenteeism is people coming into work and not working to their full capacity. Mm. So, um, yeah, we've seen an uptick in in organisations sort of wanting to do some work in this space, but it's a conversation we need to continue having because there's so much work that still needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. I know certainly I've been both a um, uh, as a as an employer and manager uh, seen the effect of um uh, mental health on my staff uh, and as an employee seen the effect um and, and experienced it as an employee and, and just not wanting to go to work um mm. or just sitting there doing absolutely bugger all for a day looking looking busy but actually achieving very little that does mm. have a huge cost impact um now a lot of who we're who we speak with uh, on the on the uh, on the show are uh, are small business owners who don't have the luxury of um, spare change or a dollar to two dollars to rub together. So the impact of mental health on from a staff perspective uh, can be quite devastating for a small business. Mm-hmm. Who are you mainly seeing come in and and look for assistance from a business perspective? Are they mainly large? larger corporations or is it the smaller um, sole traders and, and small businesses come in? No, look, it's it's fairly across the spectrum. I mean, certainly we do have large organisations with big budgets who do big spend, but we do have a lot of smaller uh, organisations, you know, either sole traders or, or less than 20 staff who kind of want to look out for their team. And It can range from wanting just to get some general advice around strategies they can put into place or we have a range of training options um, from small businesses to sort of larger programs that organisations can roll out. Um, so we're, as I said, our remix to help organisations uh, in workplace mental health and wellbeing. So any way we can support an organisation, we're going we're gonna to get involved. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, Jono, and thank you, Jono. Uh, he also donated to our little uh, uh, Black Dog uh, fundraiser. I'll put the address up on the screen and into the comments now for anyone that hasn't yet uh, chipped in a few dollars. Um, oh, that's the wrong link. Shit. Too many links. Um, so thank you very much, Jono, for, for doing that. Getting back to your question. Uh, where are we? There. Um, what do you see as the top three mental health areas across industry that would apply to small business? Mm. Well, now that's well, a bit of a broad question. Um, there's a couple of ways I could take that, I think. If you're, if you're talking from areas for, for the industry or for businesses to look at in terms of how they can uh, support their staff, there's probably mm-hmm. in any business kind of three key areas, um, and that is probably looking at... Uh, looking at job design, um, so stepping back and looking at an individual's role or how the business operates, looking at things like, you know, flexible working arrangements, having a safe kind of physical working environment for your team, um, staff workload, monitoring your staff workload. Um, is, it, is it feasible the amount of work you're giving them in the, in the time allocated? And even just giving your staff uh, some input um, or, you know, uh, a bit of control over their role um, so mm. letting them have a voice within how their role operates and how their job operates so job design is kind of one key area mm. organizational culture is really uh, always important for organizations now it's a big piece culture it's not something you can change in a day uh, but that's really about i guess organizations providing education and providing information to their staff mm. uh, it's probably something we're going to talk a little bit more about in a bit, but uh, also looking at reducing stigma for an organisation. So creating a culture where 
you're open and honest and um, speaking about mental ill health uh, and I guess modeling good behaviors for your team as well. So if you mm. as, a, as a manager kind of promote to your staff that they can take say for example a, a day for their mental well-being out of their of their sick leave or leave um it's important that as a manager if you need to take a day for that that you let your team know that that's why you're taking a day modeling the kind of behaviors that you see you want your team to have mm. um even in terms of culture just having some sort of policy or framework around uh what mental health and well-being looks like for your business so mm. yeah job design is one key area organizational culture another key area the third one really is um really important and that is manager capability um mm -hmm. so as i said black dog institute a research institute um yeah. our research shows that your managers your people leaders your supervisors play the most key pivotal role uh if you will mm -hmm. in workplace mental health and well-being so manager capabilities all around all around managers having the skills to be able to identify changes in behavior in their team notice if a team member is perhaps not doing well or not the best version of themselves at any given time uh, and then to be able to have the skills to have a conversation around mental ill health and it's not about a manager being a you know a quasi therapist or counselor or thinking that they have to diagnose someone or they have to treat someone that's that's mm. not a manager's role but to be able to have an empathetic, understanding conversation and to be able to guide your, your team or your employees to the kind of help-seeking resources that they're after. So mm. I don't know if that's what you meant, um, Jonathan, by three key areas, but in terms of areas that businesses can look at to, to affect change and, and be better in terms of mental health and well-being, they're the kind of three key spots you want to look at. So job design, organisational culture and manager capability. Mm. The manager capability um i think that probably would string would uh would uh, trigger a number of people we've all had a shit manager a, a shit line manager of some form that and it was. makes a difference doesn't it like a huge difference yeah. um having somebody who who you're reporting to that you that empathizes with you um shouldn't uh, for me shouldn't be seen as a, as as a, a a sign of weakness in a manager it should be seen as a strength that they are there to look out for your mental health. And if they are saying you need to take a break, we need to take a, a step back. How can we address something? Their direct managers, as I've been a victim of before, um, uh, shouldn't poo-poo those ideas or stifle that those conversations um, because they're either afraid of it or, uh, or don't care from a money perspective. Um, I know, yeah, from personal experience in a managerial position, if you're as a manager, you then your line manager doesn't have the skills or the knowledge or the uh, the care factor, uh, then that certainly makes your job a lot more difficult as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I guess two key things that you just touched on there. Uh, one, senior senior leadership buy-in is, is absolutely pivotal in any business. Um, mm. And going back to, I guess, the cost and, and the cost to the business of, of uh, having staff or having a mentally unhealthy workplace, on the flip side, um, research shows for, for every dollar spent on mental health initiatives, you see a, a tenfold return coming into the business. So there is a financial incentive for organisations to kind of take this seriously. Mm. Um, the other thing you mentioned was kind of managers, you know, some managers not wanting to buy in generally speaking that isn't uh, a lack of caring um, but it's as you said a fear so sometimes mm. managers feel that they'll say the wrong thing or that mm. they'll make things worse somehow or that they're just not equipped to deal with the situation and that's where training and upskilling for managers um, becomes really important. Mm. Mm. Now I did put out uh, in preparation for today uh, this evening, a little uh, a little survey that I'm going to put up on the screen again in case anybody wants to uh, contribute uh, a couple more responses to it. Uh, it is completely anonymous and um, it just gives us a little bit more insight uh, and ideas on how we as um, influencers is a fucking horrible word <laughs> and I don't want to put myself up with that, but... Um, in an influential space and 
with a platform how we can assist um, uh, in that area. Um, now, one of the biggest uh, 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 areas that came out from our little survey was around what the industry can do uh, or what should be done within the industry around uh, support for mental health, uh, particularly within the distilling industry. Now, there's not a lot of data I know uh, on the distilling industry specifically. Um, uh, I think that's something that we as an industry probably need to work a little bit harder on uh, to get an idea of that. Um, but overwhelmingly, the, um, the, uh, the area that people want support in is around the impacting factors of mental health. Um, and a lot of that seemed to be uh, centred around business and burnout and cash flow and HR and staffing concerns and that sort of a thing. Um, personally, I think... <laughs> Like there's a lot of other resources out there to help with running a business, to help with uh, managing HR and managing um, uh, the financial aspects and that sort of a thing. How do, how do you think mental health support differs from those, um, those impactors, if that makes sense? Yeah, I mean, look, there's certainly only certain things that are within your control. So uh, mm. external factors, you know, you do want to kind of take on and try and improve. But we can also look at how we manage our stress reaction um, to to particular situations. So stress um, is often people think of a negative when they hear the word stress or think it's always a bad thing. Um, mm. Stress in short, sharp bursts can be can be good for us. Um, it's mm. quite normal. It can be good for productivity. It can be good for, um, you know, it can be good for our focus. It's mm. when we have sustained high levels of stress um, mm -hmm. that we can kind of run into uh, a little bit of trouble or run into situations where we might start displaying or, or experiencing symptoms of mental ill health. Um, so, firstly, I guess it's it's about trying to understand your own personal stress signature. Uh, and then look to put in strategies around being able to mitigate um, stress in your life. Um, one of the key things, I guess, is looking at mental well-being. Um, so as a way to safeguard yourself against uh, mental ill health, you know, as, mm -hmm. as best you can. So building your own personal resilience. And one thing, one of the things we talk about uh, at the Black Dog Institute uh, is the five ways of well-being so they're kind of five daily things that any individual do can do and this is from a business owner to an employee to to you me whoever it may be um, five simple day-to-day -day things that you can do to safeguard um, your mental health and they're fairly they're fairly straightforward and fairly basic things um, mm -hmm. so we'll kind of count through them if you will <laughs> with yeah, five yeah. so first yeah. one's being active um, mm -hmm. straightforward uh, but getting out and doing a little bit of exercise doesn't mean you need to be training for a marathon or anything like mm -hmm. that. Uh, but if, you know, around three times a week, you can do a 30 uh, to 60 minutes of exercise. Um, right. Studies have shown that can greatly improve your, your resilience and your mental well-being. Um, the other one is staying connected. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of people, when they start to show symptoms of mental ill health, can kind of retreat in on themselves. And that sort of double downs, uh, doubles down on things. So... Mm. Staying connected, staying engaged with people uh, around you uh, is really important. Um, so pick up your phone, ring a family member, ring a friend, go out for a, for a drink at your favourite distillery or, or whatever it may be, uh, but speak to those in and around you who, who care for you. Um, mm. Being aware is really important. A lot of the time we kind of either dwell on the past or live in the future. Um, dwell on what has happened, worry about what will be happening. Um, so taking time to... Um, I guess, you know, practice a little bit of mindfulness or live in the moment and appreciate the situation you're in uh, can, again, be really beneficial for yourself. Learning new things, so taking on a new challenge, uh, learning a new skill, uh, be it structured learning or informal learning uh, can be really important. And the last one is, is a lovely one, helping others. Uh, mm. So... Again, it doesn't have to be going and volunteering for a, for a soup kitchen or anything like that, but it might be small acts of kindness, bringing your neighbour's bin in, uh, 
helping someone with their groceries, just those small sort of things to help another individual uh, mm-hmm. is really important. So those kind of five day-to-day things uh, can really help you um, kind of live in the moment and stay kind of ahead of the curve and, and safeguard your own mental well-being. Mm. Um, I am guilty of not doing the m- most of those. <laughs> 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 I, I'm very inactive. I often live in my own little hole. Uh, <laughs> this one, this dark little cave here that I'm in. Um, and um, yeah, can often be uh, uh, quite happy to just not talk to anyone if, if, if at all possible. Uh, there are times and places for that, of course, but uh, certainly um, reaching out and, and just touching base with someone uh, can change the direction of your entire day. Absolutely. Um, just sitting there doing your own thing and then, um, yeah. Uh, oh, look at that. Crafty. Went a bit pear-shaped on timing. Good on you, mate. That's all right. We do all the work anyway. <laughs> it's, it's surplus to requirements. <laughs> So there you go, Luke. Um, Out of today, you can have a, a bit of a task for yourself, and that's to look at yeah. those five ways of well-being and try and implement them on a bit more of a daily basis for yourself. Yes, yes. Now, I guess the the um, the white elephant in the room is alcohol. Uh, alcohol is a uh, it's legal. We're allowed mm-hmm. to drink it, provided you are over 18 um, and you uh, drink in moderation and you don't drink and drive and um, uh, but it is obviously a major cause and contributor to a lot of mental health issues Um, I think that's an area that uh, I think the industry maybe tries not to talk about too much um, because that's our that's our bread and butter we're making alcohol uh we are consuming alcohol on a very regular basis in order to test our product in order to um uh, quality control to bond and um and uh support our our colleagues so we are surrounded by alcohol at all times and of course we have to do our rsas in order to sell it and uh and give out samples and do the markets all those sorts of things um i guess that makes the distilling industry a little bit unique uh in that regard and that alcohol is such a central focus for us um it's it's a, it's a broad question but i guess what are your thoughts around around that around the difficulties that could be faced and the pressure points there well look i mean there is a correlation uh between alcohol consumption and and mental ill health um research shows that that regular drinkers or heavy drinkers are, are more at risk uh, of developing um, symptoms of mental ill health uh, the other side of things is alcohol uh, can often be a way for people who are suffering symptoms of mental ill health to uh, i guess self-medicate or, or mm. try and um you know, go about seeking their own remedy to to the issues that they're in, uh, which mm. can, if anything, kind of snowball the issue um, because yeah. alcohol is present uh, and that's, that's not going to help in the long run. Look, I'm probably not the best person to speak to in terms of uh, that causation um, or that link. Uh, it's probably not my area of expertise. Um, I would say the key thing, though, uh, is particularly with the self-medication side of things, is looking at early intervention and help-seeking early um, if you start to notice symptoms of, of mental ill health. Um, and that can be, be it from your, I guess, uh, clinical side of things, you know, going and speaking to a, a doctor and getting a referral to a GP uh, or more human connection, reaching out to friends and family and disclosing um, to them that you're starting to suffer symptoms of mental ill health is seeking support that way. Mm-hmm. But there's also a range of online resources that people can can reach out to, starting from things that Black Dog have, 
Um, you know, we've got an app called called Headgear that has kind of bite-sized activities that you can do each day. Um, so a small video clip you might watch or a small little activity around mindfulness. It does have a, a kind of 30-day challenge that you can just do these kind of one or two-minute little bits of each day that help you, well, it's it's clinically shown to help um, reduce the symptoms of, of depression or developing symptoms of depression. Uh, oh. We have a, an online clinic where people can go through and, and anonymously fill that out, get a profile of, of where they are at risk or an assessment of where they are that they can then take to a doctor or, or, or move forward with. And we also have a, a program called My Compass, um, which uh, basically goes through a seven-week program to help um help diagnose, you know, any, any sort of mental little effects that you're feeling with at the moment. So they're all good resources that you can go to. There's also your external to Black Dog, you know, your Beyond Blues, your Lifelines, um, your Suicide Callback Service, the National Mental Health Commission has um, some great information for it. Jumping on our website, all of those materials are there. So I've seen that pop up in the bottom of the screen, blackdoginstitute.org.au. Mm-hmm. I would say the best thing... And this is going off on a tangent, and it's because I'm not. Uh, I'm not That's what we do. That's what we do. But really, yeah. If in terms of the self medication side of things, you know, we all love to have a drink, we love to have a tipple. But when you start feeling stressed or anxious or start feeling those symptoms of mental ill health, you want to be turning towards support and help seeking resources rather than sort of turning towards a drink. And a lot of people do turn towards a drink, and that's. That's why we've got to get these conversations out there and be talking about mm. mental health a bit more. Yeah, I a hundred percent, a thousand percent agree with that. Um, that with it being so accessible, we all have dozens upon dozens of bottles or an entire bond store <laughs> of booze available to us. Um, uh, it, it can be a very quick and easy way to just numb the pain. Uh, but at the end of the day, that is not going to help anyone, really. Yeah, it doesn't um, cause the pain to go away. It just no. causes it to be numb for a short while. And then you want to get to the root of a problem and, and get the support you need. And that's the key. Mm. Now, um, we we briefly touched on this earlier, but uh, Crafty, now that he's uh, joined on, on chat at least, has chimed in um, saying, since COVID, mental health is an everyday conversation. It's out of the shadows do you agree and have you noticed more engagement? Um, has there been more, you think? Yeah, look, I mean, certainly the conversation's increasing. There's still a long way to go around that. Um, yep. So we touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, reducing stigma is one of the key areas where we can collectively as a, as a sort of nation battle uh, mental ill health. So a lot of people... As it stands in Australia, one in five people will experience symptoms of mental ill health um, in any given year. So one in five of us, right? Now, of those people that do experience symptoms of mental ill health, only 50% um, seek the treatment that they need. So half of those people experiencing symptoms aren't getting the help that they need. Now, if you imagine that for a physical illness, if half the people out there who are experiencing chest pains, for example, weren't seeking the help that they need, it'd be quite alarming. Um, and it really is, it is very much so for, for mental ill health as well. And a lot of that comes down to, to stigma. So, you know, we've got a culture in Australia and particularly uh, within men of a kind of stiff upper lip, carry on, I'll sort this out myself. Yeah, um, sure and that's right. really, yeah, it's kind of counterintuitive to what we actually want people to do. Mm. Um, so, and that can be because people feel, maybe a fear of being judged or, or discriminated. They think their boss might not see them as a, as a effective or strong worker or someone they can rely on, or they might feel embarrassed about it. Um, and that's why we really need to be kind of having these conversations and going back to what I said earlier, having managers who are, who are leaders and, and kind of in this space uh, and modeling the kind of behaviors that we want. So they're talking mm-hmm. about openly any issues that they've experienced um, and letting their team know that it's a safe space to kind of bring their um, or disclose symptoms of mental ill health as well. Mm. So, yeah, look, we're certainly seeing an increase and we want to see it continuing to increase as we move forward. And then, you know, we want conversations around mental health to be the same as conversations around physical health. Because mm. if I go at a dinner party or to my friends or if I'm in a bar and I say I'm training for 
you know, a marathon, people will be great. I, I did a marathon once and this is what I trained and this is how I did it. Or if I say I've started at the gym, people might say, oh, have you tried F45 or have you done this sort of workout or, you know, what sort of workout are you doing? We want it to be the same with mental health. So if I'm talking about how I've been dealing with a bit of stress or anxiety and I'm working on my mindfulness, it'd be great if people are like, that's fantastic. I've got an app for you to try or I've used this technique. Um, We want it to be the same sort of encouraging and and open conversation. Is part of the issue that mindfulness, it doesn't have, as, as a word, doesn't have the impact of I'm training or I'm, um, 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 I'm working out or it's not, is it, is it not masculine enough? (laughs) It's a branding issue. (laughs) Look, perhaps maybe it's just because people can't exactly quantify or or put into their head exactly what they're trying to, uh, you know, they might not exactly know what, what we mean when we say mindfulness. So to that effect, there are a couple of great programs. So one is, is a program called Mind Armour, uh, mm-hmm. where you can learn about mindfulness. That's Another manly. is that app that I mentioned, uh, which is called Headgear, um, mm-hmm. which is on the Black Dog website, uh, which will do those kind of day-to-day activities around mindfulness. So they'll make it really simple for you. You won't kind of need to um, forge your own path when you're doing mindfulness. You'll be taken through the steps and, and see some positive results from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Men, men, we're 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 stupid at the best of times. <laughs> um, so, so I, yeah, I think um, uh, if it is if 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 a big part of the challenge in getting those conversations to be had is um, reducing the stigma around it, with the culture of Australian, she'll be right, be a man, toughen up, um, yeah take a spoonful of uh, concrete and harden the fuck up. Um, yeah. Looking at saying, I oh, just do a bit of mindfulness uh, doesn't really have the same impact as, as uh, yeah, go and do, uh, do a round of cardio and, uh, and beat the pu- punching bag. Um, <laughs> it's okay to do mindfulness. It's okay. And it's it okay works. to do mindfulness and it's okay to go work out and, and hit a punching bag because that, as we talked about with our five ways of well-being, that yeah, helps yeah. safeguard mental mental health as well. Um, one of the big things, you know, uh, talking about stigma, we're talking about mindfulness now, but really it's just about having a conversation. Mm. Um, so it's feeling confident to be able to disclose if you're feeling symptoms of mental ill health or if you notice that a friend, a colleague or someone in your social circle is not doing best to be able to sit down and have a conversation with them around mental health Mm. and i want to bust a myth that if you start talking about mental health that you're going to to put thoughts in someone's head or you're going to make Mm. things worse that's that's never going to be the case um Mm. so i really encourage people to get out and have that conversation and the key things in in having a conversation like that is really just I guess there's five kind of key things. It's wanting to make sure if you're having a chat to someone that you're doing it in the right setting. So Mm -hmm. having a bit of privacy, um, making sure you've kind of got enough time to have a conversation with someone. So you don't want to be in a crowded bar in the middle of people and you don't want to do it five minutes before you have to run off to another engagement. Allow yourself to be prepared and set up to have have one of these conversations with someone you care about. Mm -hmm. You also want to, I guess, lead with, talking about sort of any changes in behaviour that you've noticed uh, in the individual. Mm-hmm. So bringing up why why you're talking uh, about mental health, you want to listen actively. You know, you're not there to kind of interrupt and butt in and, and kind of throw away your advice, if you will. It's about mm-hmm. active listening and, and hearing their story and then really encouraging those people uh, to actively seek support. So encouraging them to to go to their GP, to speak to a psychologist, to speak to family members, to jump on the Black Dog website or go to Beyond Blue or Lifeline or, you know, whatever the resource may be, but to seek help. And then the key to that, the key to all this, if you're going to have a conversation with someone, is to follow up with them. Mm. So don't just have a conversation, be one and done and think, okay, I've done my piece. Um, yep. You want to be touching in with them a week later, two weeks later, and, and kind of be on that journey with them. So 
yeah, open conversations are, are the key to kind of improving things. Mm. Uh, so you've actually just answered uh, Todd's question of how can we support someone we know who is suffering from uh, with mental health? Um, yeah, all of those things and uh, certainly a way to open up that conversation. And I think that's that's probably one of the scariest parts of of um, of raising it with somebody that you know and that you're concerned about is the fear of them taking it the wrong way or getting offended or getting um, angry or upset with you and, and potentially causing damage to a relationship. Um, arguably, there would be more, da more damage done by not uh, making it known uh, that you're concerned about them, I think. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, Crafty's chimed in as well, saying the mind is the biggest thing to hold you back. It seems to want you to fail or win and succeed. That's a matter of a mindset, Crafty. Uh, and again, he's chimed in. Uh, I feel myself, my mental health is very situational and I have period of highs and lows and I detect warning signs. Um, I think that's meant to be, is that common? Um yeah, look, mental health exists on a continuum. Um, so, uh, you know, no one's ever you know, mentally healthy, for lack of a better term, or, or mentally unwell, for lack. Like you, you move up and down that continuum depending on what life throws at you. And times mm. life is going to throw difficult situations for you. We've all gone through COVID. We're all going to have situations we need to respond to and we're going to move up and down that continuum as we go. So the key is being able to recognise those early warning signs, as Crafty said, those signs that stress or anxiety creeping up on you, those symptoms of, of possible depression. Um, so being able to recognise what they look like and then being able to, to disclose to those around you or professionals and being able to help seek support. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, getting back to the support Mm -hmm. um, that Black Dog can provide. Um, uh, and, and getting back to the, the, the cost implications uh, of um, supporting mental health amongst your staff and amongst uh, your, uh, within your business. Um, you mentioned to me about a program that is available in New South Wales. Yay, New South Wales, go Blues, <laughs> um, for mental health at work in New South Wales. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I guess to begin with, uh, we do offer a training in a, a range of different measures around mental health uh, within the workplace. And that starts from training for kind of senior executives or leaders of a business uh, through to manager training, which is probably our most popular training. And, and as I said, our research shows yeah. that managers play the most pivotal role in workplace mental health and wellbeing. Uh, and then kind of all encompassing trainings around how to have that conversation around general awareness. And, and we have programs that focus on um, stress and building resilience. Um, they are all kind of fee-for-service training. Uh, they're workshop skills-based trainings where you'll kind of get hands-on and do role plays and look at case studies and, and things of that nature um, to really set you up to have the skills to kind of move forward. So it's not just about sitting there and listening to someone. It's about getting hands-on skills to, to kind of learn how to, best move forward in terms of supporting your team with mental health. Um, if you're interested in those, I, I recommend jumping on our website, so blackdoginstitute.org.au, or emailing um, my team, which is workplace at blackdog.org.au. Um, they are fee-for-service, those sessions. Um, we do also beyond those um, workshops, if if you know if budgets are concerned, we do have e-learnings um, that are one-hour self-paced e-learnings that everyone can do, and you can buy single licenses. So, you know, a, a workshop, a manager training workshop, you might be looking at sort of three thousand four hundred and fifty dollars, but uh, a single license for an e-learning can start at thirty four ninety five, and you can buy. 5, 10, whatever it may, may be of those licences. Now, what you were alluding to, Luke, is in New South Wales, um, the New South Wales government uh, has a partnership with Black Dog where they provide uh, free training to organisations who have less than 200 staff uh, or are not-for-profits. Um, 
unfortunately it's it's just new south wales we'd love all the other state governments to come to the party and run similar programs but unfortunately that's not the case as it stands at the moment um so yeah the website on the bottom of the screen uh, if you've got an organization with a team of 10 or 20 or, or 50 in new south wales um go to that link you can apply through the link and you can organize to have uh, a training done provided by black dog um either face-to-face but most likely online via zoom where we can kind of uh, go through those sort of skills for either managers or employees to look after themselves and others. Mm. That I think uh, certainly for our uh, our New South Wales listeners will be of great interest. Uh, but even just the e-learning uh, being that inexpensive uh, to get the resource and get some um, some training and knowledge uh, makes complete sense uh, to do as part of any small business. Um, and look, beyond the training as well, and training's really important, <laughs> I, I fully recommend that people can do it if they've got the opportunity to do it, but we're all about improving workplace mental health. So we do have options for, the, for those of you that don't have budget. As I said, those, um, those apps and resources I talked about, My Compass, our online clinic, uh, and Headgear, I recommend jumping on our website and having a look at those. We also have a mental health toolkit. So if you don't have budget to run training, but you want some sort of general bits of information, some fact sheets, some explainer videos you can share to staff, um, some hints and tips on how you can best support your team, jump on our website, download the mental health toolkit, and it's a great starting point to really kind of um, increase your knowledge in the space. So I'm going to flash up a oh there is a there's a lot there. I'm going to flash up a little uh, a link directly to that page for everyone, uh, which also has all the other uh, bits and pieces as well. Um, if there's one right. thing you take out of today, everyone, I would say jump on that page and have a look at sort of the resources that are available. It's step one uh, mm. in kind of looking after yourself and your team. Now, the Sleep Ninja, can that be used by adults as well? Because uh, Crafty doesn't sleep. <laughs> quite often messaging or posting at, at stupid hours of the fucking morning. Um that might be about his level. <laughs> Look, it is, it is, um, I mean, it is a smartphone application for adolescents. So it might have some crossover for Carfty, um, <laughs> but it is designed uh, for, for adolescents with uh, sleep disturbance on that one. So look, right. I mean, giving it a try Crafty, but um, it's not, uh, the research behind it is not designed for yourself, unfortunately. Uh, look, it's, it's probably on his level. <laughs> now i also put out uh a few days ago in preparation uh for tonight as well a little black dog fundraiser um i said a modest budget or, or a modest target of 500 dollars, and we haven't quite made it it's only been in three days since I since I, I posted it out and shared it with everybody, I'm going to put it back on the screen and uh, uh, it'll stay up for ages. So you can keep on contributing to it, and and uh, we'll get the glory for it. Uh, and I'm also going to put the link into the comments as well. What we we've managed to raise four hundred nineteen dollars. Wow, um, that's great. So how does that how how does the how do the dona- donations help? Um, uh, uh, help Black Dog to help us? Well, it's really, uh, we're an organisation that's, as I said, a research organisation, but it's about putting that research into action. So it's about developing programs, tools and resources that can help the Australian public. That can be from developing programs that my team look after, workplace training to go out to to organisations. It can be to developing things like that Sleep Ninja app, um, or the headgear app, um, through to our, our on-site clinic that helps people with um, severe cases of depression. So uh, we have our fingers in a, a number of pots around uh, mental health and mental ill health, and it just keeps um, funding that research and, and helps us continue to help the Australian public. 
wonderful. So I do want to have a little, uh, do little shout outs to those that have put their name to some donations. Um, a huge thank you to Refresh Accounting uh, for contributing 200 bucks. Oh, wow. That's nice one, guys. You've, you've, you've hit uh, biggest donator by far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, myself and Todd uh, Crafty has uh, has pledged a hundred bucks. He just hasn't put that in there yet. But I'm gonna. He's got to put it <laughs> in. You got to said, "Oh, put me down for a hundred, mate." And like you just you, you you click the link, and you hit the button, and you put your credit card details in, and it, it, it does it. It's it's not that difficult. And I'm not. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you to my dad. Uh, for putting in 50 bucks and Jono who's been uh, commenting tonight as well for chucking in 50 as well. Thank you very much everybody. Uh, if we can get some more that would be awesome. I would really like to uh, break the 500 as a very modest goal. Please. I'm begging. <laughs> I think you'll get there. Um, yeah. Well, with, with when Crafty puts his in that will break the 100. I'd like to break it before Crafty puts his hundred in. I think that's a that would be nice. Um, I will throw it open to any remaining questions uh, for the evening. I think we've had a lot to digest, and there's a lot of resources available. Um, while I leave that open, I'm just going to do a few little plugs, if you don't mind, because uh, so beside our fundraiser for Black Dog, in which I need more money, please donate. The links on the screen, the links in the comments, put some funds in there now. And if you manage to get it in before we go off air, I will say your name on air. There's a there's an incentive for you. Um, uh, uh, we have the oh nope not that one. That was crafty. Um, uh, where are we? We have uh, a book. We didn't write it. Um, we are selling it. Uh, it is the, um, the story of, uh, Jim McEwen, who is, uh, one of the most influential people within the distilling, uh, industry and, and, uh, uh in Scotland, I'm going to put up a link to the website. Uh, you can get it on pre-order and I even have a sneaky little picture. There we go. So you can get it on the front page of our website, shootingshit.com.au. Click that button and buy the book. It is really chunky. Uh, it weighs about a kilo. You're getting your money's worth. It's a beautiful hardcover uh, full of amazing stories and awesome imagery uh, from all over Scotland and the life of uh, Jim McEwen. So definitely get a hold of that we are the exclusive um retailer of it for australia and new zealand so you can only get it through us um so yeah we're quite pleased to have uh, to have scored that uh and uh i do also need to mention our sponsors uh thank you very much to those that support us in supporting the industry uh voyager craft malt who we all know uh, without Voyager, there would be no Craftworks. Uh, Youngie from Wyanoke Cooperage, uh, some of the best barrels in the country. Uh, hit him up, and I'm surprised he's not actually watching tonight, or he hasn't chimed in anyway. Uh, Mogwai Labs, uh, our newest sponsor in, uh, they do yeast. Very yeasty business. Uh, we've got the Australian Gin Appreciation Society uh, Facebook group all about the love of gin and in particular Australian gin and of course save a glass for uh, all of your glass bottles and bits and pieces thank you to them for um yeah digging deep and, and sponsoring us and letting us do this thing and pay all the damn costs of it uh all right so thank you very much David for taking the time to uh to have a chat with me and 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 uh, present all of these fantastic resources that you have available to us. Um, the one takeaway from tonight, well, I think there were a few takeaways, weren't there, really? There's get at least one of the apps. Uh, <laughs> there's a few. 
Um, and definitely, I think we're going to need to organise um, uh, industry-based um, uh, support and training because uh, that's from our little survey. That's definitely where we've um, uh, seen people needing and wanting some more information. Um, what's the final closing words from you on, on how we should support each other? Well, firstly, I just want to thank everyone uh, who's kind of joined tonight or listens moving forward. It shows uh, an interest or an engagement in mental health to begin with. So that that's step one. So thank you for that. The key things uh, for me are really just don't be afraid to, to seek help early if you need it. Um, and don't be afraid to speak to someone if you think that they need to seek help. Um, having an active, open dialogue around mental health, having a culture of well-being amongst you, your cohort, your friends, family, workplace um, is, is really the starting point. There's a lot of great resources, a lot of great trainings, but really the greatest asset we've got is, is each other and talking to each other and looking out for each other. Um, so that would be step one for me and, and the first and key takeaway. Excellent. Now, I definitely think we have a very supportive industry uh, everybody wants to see each other succeed. So with mental health on the, uh, the, the front of everyone's mind, hopefully we can certainly achieve bigger and greater things and, and everybody can, uh, can be happy along the way. Uh, also, thank you very much to Rosemary uh, from uh, Black Snake for just chipping in another 50 bucks for us. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciated. All right, all. Thank you all for joining. Thank you, David, for your time. Um, definitely appreciate it. Please, everyone, jump on to blackdoginstitute.org.au uh, and grab onto all those resources. Please do chip in if you haven't already to the fundraiser so they can continue to do their work. Um, and uh, if you would like to organise um, a, uh, a group session, uh, then certainly jump on uh, and you're in New South Wales. Uh, the government's going to chip in and, and pay for it for us. So let's milk that. Um, and uh, always, I think I got the email address right. Work, uh, no, that's that's Wordplace. It's close. It was very close. <laughs> hold, on, hold, on, hold on, I was typing very quickly. Uh, I think I got it right now. Workplace. You're just off again. It's workplace at blackdog.org.au. So oh, the email address good. doesn't have institute in it. It's tricky. The website does, blackdoginstitute.org.au, but the email's just workplace at blackdog.org.au. Right. Okay. There See, I, I was hearing an abbreviation. <laughs> I was hearing a yeah at Black Dog, you know the the rest of it. Um, you know, workplace at blackdog.org.au. Third time lucky. Uh, again, thank you very much. And one final comment. Thank you, Jono. Thank you all, and have a good evening. Cheers. Thank you. Bye.